This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Thank you, Tony Carr. Continuing to do a cracking job in the newsroom, in to do a cracking job on Roots and Shoots is Sabrina Hahn. Hey, Sabby. Hey, Ro. How you doing? It's going to be a gorgeous day. Great yeah, I'm day. Looking forward to getting out there. I'm going to the dog beach. Yes, I was going to say. This. Perfect day to take your doggy to the beach. Indeed. If you've just joined us, we've had a bit, bit of a hilarious morning because I think we've had some regional parts joining us and then disappearing and joining us. We, we all went for a little trip to Canberra there at one point. Um, <laughs> If you weren't with us in the last half hour, we were. Chris Parry was with us. He's a regular on ABC Perth who takes us on hidden treasures. And we were checking out dog beaches. Mm. So we did ask for um, people to send through photos of their pooches at their favourite beach. And we got some beautiful ones that we didn't get time to, to share. Eddie with the sandy nose is definitely a favourite. Possibly the most adorable buried dog at the beach I've ever Aww. seen. Um, and Louis the Kelpie at Peacham, Peacham Beach. I'm yeah. not familiar with that one. Do you know where that is? I don't know. No. Yeah. We can. There's things to help us find those locations, and we have listeners who I'm sure will tell us very quickly. And look at these two beautiful dogs, Tilly and Millie. So um, Millie is only a one and a half, and she's a she's meant to be a poodle crossed with an Aussie Shepherd, but. <laughs> She actually looks like Dougal out of the Magic Roundabout. I was say, she looks like a bit of Silky Terrier or something yeah, in there. Yeah, it's weird. And when she's wet, she looks like um, Harry McClary from <laughs> Donaldson's <laughs> Dairy. And then the, the Ranger dog is uh, Oh, you don't Tilly. disrespect old, old girl. Well, she's 14. And because she's, she's a Nova Scotia duck, duck tolling dog, which right. means she's a water dog, loves ducks in the water. Like Uh-oh. just, it was just there from a puppy, but she loves swimming. She's riddled with arthritis now. Uh, um, she looks good. Yeah, she's oh, she's been well looked after. Yeah. So I take her to the beach swimming, but because I swim mm-hmm. and she wants to swim with me, she won't leave my side. <laughs> right. But she gets tired. So what I did was I bought her a life jacket. So when we go down the a beach, a dog life jacket. Or yeah, a dog life jacket. Because right. people take their dogs out on boats. Of course, yeah. So you can buy dog life jackets. So I put that on her, on her and it keeps her buoyant in the water and it means she can swim for half an hour nonstop because she can just sit there and rest in between. That's she'll, amazing. She'll swim for half an hour, no worries, and it's good for her arthritis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've got a really old dog, they're like 35 bucks. Yep. Go and get a, a life jacket for them and they'll swim with you. Man, this is turning into like... Pets and gardens and yeah. whatever else. You've and got all the advice. You have people. to have a ramp for a ramp. them too. Well, if they've got arthritis and their back legs are not oh. as strong as they used to be, to get them in the car. Yep. And I've got an Amarok, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair way it's for a fair way up for old Tilly. Tilly to get into, um, yeah. And then I've got little tips on cost saving because I thought and We that talked was, about that this morning yeah, too, yeah. yep. So my... Cost saving in the garden or cost saving oh, generally? No, you never have to cost save in the garden. <laughs> spend no, no expense. You spend all your money in the garden, that's fine. You're helping nature. Right, right, No, course. you just don't do housework. You don't house clean. Okay. Because you use water, right, mm-hmm. usually hot water, mm-hmm. and then you have to buy all those cleaning things, yep. products. So just leave it filthy? Okay. It's a bit like the – I like the outdoor-indoor rather than the indoor-outdoor, so I have all my outdoors-indoors. It's great. Okay. 
Interesting. Uh, mind you, I've got to fold my washing up soon because I've run out of knickers and I refuse to do what boys do, just turn them inside out and keep them going. <laughs> so, uh, so I fold up my washing. Oh, that's a lovely Another beach. lovely dog photo. Ledge Beach, Albany oh, Way. Albany. Locals together every yeah. morning. The south coast is <gasps> so beautiful. Stunning. Shame it's always so cold. You can't swim. Um, True. You need a wetsuit. Anyway, we've we've got you in to answer people's gardening questions. Oh, have we? Oh, is that why I'm But here? no one wants to talk to you at the moment, oh, so. No one's ringing in. No. We've got every single line free. What I could do is threaten people. <laughs> uh, I'll play some of my favourite headbanging music. Oh, boy, their lines are ringing already. Unless someone rings in soon. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to put please, on a bit of punk, ring, bit of heavy metal. <laughs> I don't like to beg, but none of us want to be subjected to that. All right, let's get some text then, because at least people are firing those through on 0437922720. Dave Mack, morning, ladies. How do I stop my baby mangoes falling off the tree? Had 200 little mangoes and now down to about 20. Oh, 20. Oh, Dave. Okay, so uh, now with that, that delightful 40, 42, <laughs> 43, 39, 40 little stretch. We had. We've got may, some more coming. May, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's coming in the week. Uh, that may have had some effect. But the other thing that happens is uh, you get like about 8 billion flowers on a mango, but not all the flowers will be properly pollinated. And people think it's honeybees that do the pollination, but in fact, blowflies are better. So if you want really good pollination, hang something up that's rotting in your tree. Um, just if you're a fisherman, you'd hang all your fish racks up right. in there um, to attract the flies. But the other thing is we see mangoes forming on the tree and then we all go, oh, we must really <laughs> lay the water on. So you put all the water on and the mango goes, oh, uh, thanks. That's, yeah. No, life's pretty good. Don't need to shed seed. Pff, not, you know, I'll just drop all the fruit. Don't need that. Off we go. Yeah. So when you see the fruit developing on the mango, do not overwater because you'll lose the lot. Yep. Okay. Uh, morning, girls. Pav from Midland. I have six pencil pines. When is the best time to prune them, please? Well, with pencil pines, you have to prune very lightly and you definitely would not do it now. You'd wait until autumn. So I'd wait until May. We've got a text here saying, play the music, Sam. <laughs> Thankfully, Sav doesn't get to touch the desk. She doesn't get to push the buttons. Just, yeah, gosh, don't encourage her. Who are these people? Um, hi, Rowan Sav. Is it worth the moderate expense on predatory insects to control chili thrip? We're spending plenty on sprays, but we would yeah. prefer not to use Craig yeah. in Wattle Grove. Now, um, there is a wasp. Uh, now, how effective it is on – look, I would definitely, definitely – uh, get predatory insects in. And what you have to do is you have to leave some chili thrip there because um, the predatory insects need that food source. Okay. So, yes, definitely worth the money, definitely. There you go, Craig. Thank you very much. On our way to the phones, um, shout out to Bobby from the Hot oh. Pilbara who loves the Perth oh. beaches, especially loves Whitford's oh. dog Look, beach. That dog is smiling. <laughs> Oh, what a beautiful picture. That is beautiful. I feel spoiled. We do need to share. I don't know how. I feel like we need to share these photos because we're just hogging them and they're just adorable. Anyway, let's get to our calls today. 1300 222 720. Let's kick things off with Eileen, who's in Byford. Good morning, Eileen. 
Oh, good morning, ladies. Um, I've got a question about my strawberry plants. Mm -hmm. They've got these runners coming off the sides all over the place. Yeah. And do I just snip them off and put them in pots? And the second question is the like the mother plants, do yeah. they get rid of them or are they good for another year or how long do they last okay. for? Okay, so the mother plant's good for a few years, Eileen. Um, now, the thing with the strawberry runners is what's a really good idea is to actually get the runner to develop roots before you sever it from the parent plant. So what I do is I just get a pot with potting mix and I shove the runner in that. I leave it in there for two to three weeks and then it's got a good root system. Then you sever it off and... You've got your whole new plant raring to go, but after oh, about yeah, after about three years, get get rid of the because they get diseases. Get rid of the parent plant. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Well, we've only had the other ones for one year. Oh, are oh, you? Ah, oh, you got heaps of time yeah. up your sleeve, Eileen. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous, <laughs> lovely. Thanks for your okay, time. Okay, no worries, Eileen. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Um, what care do belga trees require, please, Sabrina? Okay, so... It's for Diane in Bass. Okay, Diane, you're in Bass, so you probably won't get the 40-degree walloping. But when you first put belgas in, you have to water them a lot for the first, really the first summer. So go and get yourself some soil microbes because they're dependent on a mycorrhizal fungi. Um, so sprinkle the microbes around the base of the balga, then um, put a wetting agent down. You can drench it with seaweed solution once a month, but you must. So you're going to use uh, so I w- three laundry buckets full of water just to sort of give you an equation of how much you think they'll need. You need to give them that once a week, maybe twice a week. In, in temperatures above 36 degrees, do it twice a week. There you go. There you go, Diane. Let's head to Kay, who's called in from Port Kennedy. Good morning, Kay. Nope, I've lost Kay. Oh, oh, Kay. That's a shame. We got to meet Kay in the flesh from Port Kennedy. Oh, did we? You're you. No, we did. Was that not Kay from Port Kennedy? Oh, man. Yeah, I think it was. We'll know because she <laughs> sounds very much like Wombat. Yeah, so we got to meet Kay, who is delightful, and she's been a very um, loyal listener to ABC Roots and Shoots for a long time, but we've lost her. I don't oh, know where she Kay. went. Yeah, Kay. Sorry, my brother. I, I was thinking, have we done an OB? Where did we No, make? no, no. Beautiful here. Kay. Yeah, All right, we'll Kay. get back to Kay. Um, let's try Rob in Rockingham. Good morning, Rob. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I hope Sabrina's a bit more gentle than she was last time. <laughs> 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 not, Probably not. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if you saw a landline a little while back, um, and there was a guy in, in WA that um, he's uh, invented a, a type of fertiliser. Right. From, from sheep's wool. Ah, okay. And what, what he's done... It, well, it's 75% amino acids. Right, yeah. And I was wondering, I reckon you should try, I've been trialling it, it's yeah. fantastic. I'll have to, I'll do a bit of research on that, Rob. I do know there's quite a few sheep, so poo slash wool 
products that have been developed in WA, but um, by the sounds of that, that's just the wool, which actually has a lot of keratin in it. Mm. Um, but I'll I'll chase that one up, Rob. Yeah, landline always a good source of that sort of thing. Good on you, Rob. Thank you for giving us a call. Uh, Hi, Rowan Sab. How do I stop my hibiscus buds dropping off before opening? Ali would like to know. Okay, there is a – you need potassium and you also need a hormone – uh, that plants naturally develop, but yours could be short in it. This goes for all flowering plants, actually. There is a foliar spray that you can get that helps the flower, the bud to develop into the flower and fruit. So it works for fruiting and flowering. Can't give you product names, but it will help. I'll give you a hint. It helps your plants grow up. That's okay. it. That's all I can do for you. Good job, Savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff in Bustleton, g'day to you. Yeah, g'day ladies. Um, I have an asparagus plant. It's been in the bed for maybe ten years. Oh, gosh. and I sporadically get spears off it. But when do I? When do I need to let it like recharge and not touch it? Like okay. what time of the year? And- so now, so from the t- the time they emerge, um, in so you start feeding them up, Jeff. Uh, in spring, and then you'll get the spears coming through, and then you feed them all through summer. Fertilise them all through summer and then at the end of summer you stop fertilising. So they'll have all the fern. So when they've got all the fern, that's when you feed them because the fern puts the energy into the crown. So you feed them when they're, they're in fern and then in June you cut them down to ground level and you let them go dormant. And then the spears will emerge. So they'll store all that energy that you've given them in spring and summer. They'll store all that in the crown. And that's enough to push the, the spears through in spring. And uh, I can harvest them, what, for like a, a month or two months or something like well, that? Well, some, it de- yeah, yeah, it depends on the species. Some of them you harvest for six weeks. So anything between four and six weeks, you keep taking the spears off. All right, beauty. Thank you very much. So feed them up. Jeff. Feed them up now, Jeff. Thank you to Charlie's owner who sent oh. us a beautiful photo. Also a duck taller, Sabrina. Oh, it is too. You can tell by the looks like Tilly. Says Charlie's the best dog ever. I know. Keep them no, coming through. They are, we are Nova enjoying Scotia's them. Nova Scotia's are the most beautiful dogs. I'll be so devastated when she has to go to her little swimming pool in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've definitely had a good run with her. I know. Mm-hmm. She's, she's And may there be many more years to come. Absolutely. Well, I doubt that. But um. Hey, we can hope. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda in Mosman Park. Hello to you. Hi, Sabrina and Ro. How are you? Very good. well, Amanda. Um, I've got a lawn area that started out as Santa Ana Coo. Yeah. Um, which it was a bit too shady for. So right. I oversowed it with Dichondra. Yeah. And that would be beautiful, perfect, except that it's been in it, – it, um, some buffaloes got into it ah. and is taking over and and I wouldn't even mind that except it's going through all the garden beds and it's yeah. just like going everywhere. Yeah. Can I do anything about it? Well, now, um, the good thing about buffaloes is broad leaf. Yeah, but isn't the dichondra as well? Well, dichondra is not a grass, so okay. uh, you can get a broadleaf weed killer. But you know what I'd suggest, Amanda? 
Yeah. Okay, so you're going to have to do a trial patch and see how the dichondra goes. Yeah. It'll knock it back, but it's not going to kill it, but it'll kill the buffalo. So um, what I would do is you can get – you can get a weed killer on a it's a it's pelagonic acid it's a it's a organic one now you can tip that, that into yeah so i think i have some of that that yeah. the, starts with this so we yeah that's it <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the one now because buffalo runs they run across the top of the ground if you get a paintbrush and paint the buffalo. You can you you can either use the the one that starts with F, or <laughs> yep. you could um, or you could use if you want to use glyphosate, you could use glyphosate. But you need to just get the the weed killer on the buffalo so that it's not detrimental. The cooch will be fine. The Santa Ana will come back, but it'll fairly knock the bejesus out of your dichondra. Um, so do a trial patch first and see what happens in a small area. If would, the dichondra would winter be better where the dichondra is happier in winter? Are you, is, am yeah. I better off doing yeah, it yeah, yeah. in yeah. winter when yeah. the dichondra is likely to come back quicker? Yep, yep, definitely. Yep. All right. Yep. And see, can you tell us how that work? How you go with that? I reckon it's. Uh, I reckon it's going to be. A very very challenging. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, the good thing about buffalo, it, it's a bit like kike. If you spray it, it's gone. Uh, it's not like cooch where you have to give it three applications. So, okay. Um, but the, see, the thing about if you're going to use a herbicide and not a weed killer, you have to use herbicides when the weed that you want to kill is actively growing, which is now. Mm. Mm. Good luck, Amanda. <laughs> Sounds Tricky. like you're going to need a bit. Um, but do let us know how you go if you do some experimenting. We love to hear. Uh, Gary of Perth asks, Sab, I lost a couple of old bushes to the recent 40-degree days. Mm. Can I plant some new natives now or should I wait until autumn? Uh, I, w- I definitely wouldn't be doing anything until the end of February. Okay. Mm. There you go, Gary. Thank you. Uh, let's continue on the phone lines because people just keep bringing through 1300 222 23 past nine on Roots and Shoots. Let's go to Eliza, who's up in Mount Magnet. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, um, Eliza. It must be nice and warm up in Mount <laughs> Magnet now. Yes, it is. <laughs> there are so many problems to blend. Yeah. So we have two mango ants. Yeah. Half, yeah. Yes. And um, uh, but we don't know how to plant it. Okay. We had re- well ripened mangoes yesterday, and we let it dry during the night. Yeah. And uh, but what we do now? Okay, so so you've got the seed. So what I would recommend, Elisa, is you don't just put it in the ground because it's going to be a hell hot uh, couple of months ahead for you guys. So you need to get a pot and some potting mix and just put one seed per pot and you're going to put the mango seed so it's only halfway or three quarters of the way down in the pot so you have the top third of the seed above the ground above the soil level 
Then okay. you'll have to water every day. And I would just have it where it only gets uh, morning sun, not all day sun. Okay. Um, do you think, because uh, we noticed that uh, the plants live uh, better um, on the patio? Which yes. Is yes. By- yeah, so I'd, I'd put it on the patio. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Good on you, Eliza. Thanks for giving us a call. Enjoy Mount Magnet. Thank you also to the owner of the beautiful dogs in the dam asking if... <sighs> Dogs in the Dam count. Yes, <laughs> dogs they the beach. Do. Of course they do. Hashtag country life. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, hi, Sabrina. I've just finished building a new home in Dayton and there is a prominent brick feature wall at the front. I was thinking of growing fig vine over the brick. What are your thoughts, Damien, would like to know? Uh, I suppose they – where's – I don't even know where – Dayton. Um, Dayton is. Mm. Um, anyway, so so uh, I presume you're talking, Damien, about the ficus pumula, which is the little, fl- you know, little... Um, northeast, oh, northeast, Cavisham, West oh, okay. One. All yep. right, cool. Um, yes, it would, definitely, and it's a self-clinging vine, so that would work. Um, and you have... The thing with that climbing fig is that it actually changes its DNA. So it starts off with that lovely little tiny leaf and then if you let it go, it develops much, much bigger leaves and huge roots and actually attacks the wall. So if you are going to plant that, you must keep it trimmed right up against the wall. Otherwise, she goes. It gets (laughs) carried away. Good luck with that, Damien. Uh, Back to the phones. Annie's in Swanbourne. Good morning, Annie. Good morning. How can we help? Hi. Morning to you both. Um, Look, we have got two pavement trees on our front lawn. Yeah. And a jacaranda. And underneath it is a big patch of soil pretending to be a garden bed. um, (laughs) Yeah. Next to a lawn area. And I'm just wondering, would we be best to extend the lawn underneath those trees or would should we be growing something else hardy because it is obviously quite dense in shade yeah um i just let the lawn go you could also use dichondra annie that would work it's very difficult getting stuff to grow under established peppermint trees uh they have quite an extensive root system and they'll suck just about everything out of whatever's growing around it um, and also the amount of leaf litter that they that, – so I'd let the lawn go there. With your jacaranda, though, you could definitely put shade plants in there. Um, anything that you grow underneath a tree usually requires more water because of the capacity of the tree to pull water up. But you could make a garden bed under a jacaranda, but I, I wouldn't bother under the peppermint trees. Thanks for calling us this morning, and. Let's head down to Denmark. Sharon's there. Hi, Sharon. Good morning, ladies. Morning, Sharon. Oh, oh how glorious. I love Denmark. So beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. Sabrina, I sent through a couple of photos on text of my silver birches. I've got two. Right. One's looking very spindly and yep. the other is quite healthy and bushy. Right. So my question is, the one that's really tall and spindly, mm-hmm. can I actually prune that back and encourage some new growth on it to bush out? Yep, you sure can. Um, so now 
The thing about silver birches is they have that, you know, that single trunk and then the lovely weeping um, mm. foliage going on. But um, you can, but look, I wouldn't take more than a third off. But it, even doing that, that's going to encourage new growth to come out. Um, okay. So it's better off than leaving it, you know, sort of mm. half dead. So. Well, it's sort of not half dead. It's just not a lot of leaves on it. And the other one next to it is so luscious. And that's actually branched out a little bit. It looks like it's got more than one trunk on it. Yeah. Do you know? Oh, here we are. We've finally got the. Oh, yeah. Oh, Do you know? That? Yeah, that's amazing. And they're both exactly in the same sort of area and with the same soil. And hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, sometimes the root system on plants can be compromised in some way. So I would definitely cut the head off that. I'd take a third off the top yep. of the one that's not so robust. You might need to give that one a little bit of extra TLC, yes. the, the one that's not as robust. Um, so give it a bit more fertiliser, a bit more water uh, and okay. see if that, yeah, if that's going to make okay. But take a third off the top. Lovely. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, no worries. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, let's head to Dave in Palmyra. We're edging very close to Sab's pick of the week, but we'll get to uh, we'll get to David first. Good morning, David. Good morning. Hi, Sab. Hello. I, uh, I enjoy mussels from time to time and oysters from time to time. Yeah. Can I can I use the shells in the garden? Most definitely, Dave. You definitely can. They are great for the garden. The only time you can't do that is if you've got a Labrador. Because yeah. I'll dig them up and eat them. <laughs> no, they're really good for the garden, Dave. So do I crush them or just stick them in there? No, I just bung them in there. <laughs> no, you don't, don't, don't make too much work for yourself, Dave. Okay. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> no um, worries. By the way, by the way did, did you hear about the cat that swallowed a ball of wool? No. It had mittens. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, that is cute. I think on that note, we're just going to have to pause our callers because they're out of control. No, that's great, Dave. We, we love that kind of thing. But you know what? It. Seeing as it's 9.31, let's do it. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. We've been working your hard this morning, so we'll give oh, you a couple no. of minutes oh, just to heavens. dance I'm and recharge. <laughs> Will we dance to this one? No. Now, oh. I thought what I'd do this year is mix things up a little bit. <laughs> some, some of my tunes, not everyone loves. So, I, I, you know, I'll do other thing apart from dancing tunes. They will be the predominant pick, right. though. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll throw in just a little bit something different. So because none of us can travel overseas at present, I thought we'd go to Norway this Ooh, morning. Okay. So I've got a Norwegian band, and um, I think it's pronounced Hike because it's H-A-J-K. We're going to go with that. So if there's any Norwegian, Swiss, Swedes, well, you know, around that Finnish, Scandinavian, Scandinavian yep. it's H-A-J-K. So I would pronounce that hike. And this is called Get It Right. It's mellow. That 
that wasn't too shabby, Sabby. I know. What did you what do you reckon it sounded like? I thought it was a bit of a fusion well, because I said the only Scandinavian music I knew was ABBA. Yep. Um yep. so that was the only thing I could um use as a reference point. But I thought it was a bit of a fusion of maybe a bit of ABBA and a bit of Bee Gees. Mm. But it's it was lovely. Beautiful sound, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So completely in contrast to the roots and shoots vibe. That- well, I'm going to do that this year. I'm just going to mix things up so people are not. Go- they'll have to listen every week because I may not just have Triple J stuff. You know. <laughs> um, so it's for people that won't remember what I said because it's hike H A J K, but we need someone to confirm that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Someone and has written in beautiful music, yeah. so that's a big thumbs up. Now, Annie and Chidlow, I feel like this is a thumbs down, but mm. all Annie's written is, well, I never had Norway on my bucket list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know how she feels about that song. Yeah, Um I, w- I would say, you know, I'd still go to Norway irrespective. Yeah, absolutely. Not go to a you don't have gig, to go to one but, of their gigs. Yeah. Um, we were just looking at a photo before we head back to the phones. Um, and, of course, zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. if you want to cast your thoughts on the music. We always welcome that. Um, of some Sir Walter grass Sally had sent through. She was a bit concerned about. Yes, because there's a big dead patch She's in it. She's got a big dead patch. Mm. So um, I'm just trying to find her message again now. We're very professional the way we scroll through the text while yeah, we're talking. Yep. Hi, ladies. We have Sir Walter Grass, which is established, but we keep getting a patch that looks completely dead. And I should say the rest of the grass looks absolutely marvellous. Beautiful. And then this beautiful. rotten dead patch. Can we revive it right, Sally? And how? Apologies okay. for the shady pick. Oh, no. Shades, beautiful, beautiful pick. Okay, so there's either something in the soil in that area or it's not getting the sprinkler because sometimes you get gaps in where the sprinkler hits or it could be a plant in front of the sprinkler preventing the water from getting to that part. So go and put a bowl out in that area, turn your retick on or when your retick comes on, make sure there is water getting to that area and it's not a blocked sprinkler. Then the other thing I would do is get a, a garden fork and you're going to fork the entire area. That's fork the entire area. Um, and then you're going to put some wetting agent down and some soil microbes because it may actually be a fungus. So put the microbes down, the, the, all the bacteria and the fungi will eat up the, the fungi that you don't want um, and it should come good. And if it's a dry patch, then the wetting agent will allow the water to come through. Very good. Uh, thank you for that. Um, good luck, Sally. Um, I think it's a blue healer maybe. <laughs> it is definitely the blue healer. a blue healer. Um, has told us that um, songs... Sab's song is making he or she sleepy <laughs> and this blue healer is laying in bed like a human on its back with its hand paws out of the blanket on the pillow <laughs> in a fashion that it actually doesn't look alive. But um, oh, that that's gorgeous. Funny. We love you, Flea. Thank you. <laughs> Um, we've got a pic also of a couple of dogs, which I'm trying to scroll back and find in Derby, which 
maybe not the beach, but the marsh. They oh, enjoy the their marsh. time out on the marsh. Yeah. So keep those coming through. And, of course, we will continue to keep answering. We, Sab, will continue to keep answering your gardening questions this morning. Let's jump back on the phones. 1300 222 We've got just under 20 minutes to have some fun and answer a few of your problems this morning. David, down in Cranbrook. Brooke, hello to you. Oh, morning, ladies. How morning, are David. We are fabo. Oh, and Sabrina, I'm 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 sad to hear that uh, you're getting some negative comments. Oh. Um, oh, on your on your music. Oh, um, no, I, I, it's like water on a duck's back to me, David. <laughs> I know. I listen to you quite regularly, and and as, and as someone who's on the wrong side of twenty five. Meet both back a dagger stones, and that one just didn't sort of really cut it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stay listening, but, David. She says she's going to mix it up. Good, okay. I was about to say you can only improve. <laughs> Noted, David. Noted. Very good, Sabrina. I'm uh, just in the process of building a new house. Um, I've got the traditional yellow sand pad, and I'm going to put down. Uh, kike. Now, yep. I just wanted to know, what should I do before I put the kike on? Okay, so first of all, go and get a pH testing kit and test the pH of that yellow sand. Yep. Because I think you'll find that it's very alkaline and you don't want that. So you're going to have to mix some loam up in it or some compost, whatever you can get hold of, David. Oh, yeah. So, um, and then get a good quality fertiliser. In fact, there's the fertiliser company right near you, Cranbrook. They're in... Yeah, um, there is. Yep. Tenderton. Yep, Tenderton. So use that. Um, so you're going to... You may have to rotary hoe some loam or, or um, compost. compost. Yep. Then you'll put the microbes down, then you put the fertiliser down, you put wetting agent down, you wet it all before you lay the lawn. So hang on a minute, where did the microbes drop in there? I missed that one. Oh, okay, so there's the mob that make the fertiliser make microbes as well. So, oh, right. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you get the microbes and the fertiliser, okay, because oh, yeah. that'll yep. get the root system off to a really good start. Yep. You level it. You lay the lawn, so you've got to make sure it's really moist before you lay the – you're getting um, roll-on? Yes. Yep, okay. So do not – what people do is they compact the dirt before they lay the lawn, and that's the wrong thing to do huh. because right. then the roots of the new lawn can't get through the soil. So yep. you level it and then you lay the lawn and then mm-hmm. you compact Yep. So the root system oh. comes in direct contact with the dirt. Yeah, right. So you put the roller over the top of the lawn. Yes, yes. Yep. Right Once on. it's laid. Okay. Yep, yep. Right on. Um, and this uh, compost and, and set, to what, to what sort of depth would you be going down if you're using a rotary hoe or whatever? Um, oh, you really only need to go down a couple of couple of hundred mil. A hundred mil will do it. hundred mil. Yep, hundred oh, yeah, right mil, on. yep. And you're not, okay. you know, you're not doing the, you're just mixing it in. So you, you'll you only need, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you won't need a lot, but you'll need something to, but definitely pH test the soil, David. Right, okay. And uh, and obviously I need to allow, uh, uh, as, as, so I'm going to take some sand off the side yep. Yep. to add this stuff in so yep. my lawn doesn't end up higher than the, than the yeah. pad, obviously. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, righto. So... Um, 
All right, I will try and get onto that. So that the the compost, that's just any sort of compost. Yeah, talking? any sort of compost, whatever compost you can get hold of. Oh yeah, right. I can find some of that. Yeah. Um, all right, no problems. Look, thanks very much, Brenda. No and, worries. Uh, yeah. Great, great. Thanks for your advice. Good My you, pleasure, David. I love that when it's kind of you know you got new house, newly new, newly establishing something, and you want to get it right from the get go. And um, here's a good place to call if you need some advice on any of that, whether it's your lawn or some plants to plant. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty, or you can send us a text zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty, which John has done the latter. He's got a bit of a yarn for you, Sab. Oh, hi. I saved a Gallipoli pine from the Wickerpen tip. 30 centimetres high. Now it is around 1.5 metres high. It is very robust and is as wide as it is high. It has its first lot of small cones. Do I leave it or prune it? No, don't prune it. Now, I don't know if it was the Wickerpin school. I can't remember if it was the Wickerpin primary school that actually planted a whole pile of uh, Gallipoli pines. If people from Wickerpin are listening... Can you tell me if it was the Wickerpin? Because it's a few years since I mm. was there. Definitely do not prune it, John. Just leave it. Don't touch it because they're, they're a little bit fickle to grow. So I would definitely just leave it. And it sounds like it's healthy and marvellous. So just, you know, don't try and improve on it. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Sab. Um Good morning, Sabrina, and thanks for your knowledge and humour over the years. Paul in Florida writes, Our lovely young peach tree is being attacked daily by large green grasshoppers. Fruit and leaves are eaten. So far I go out nightly and a few times and find and remove them. Are there any other re- remedies that you can recommend? No. Unfortunately, <laughs> for birds. Now, the birds are fairly... Some of those grasshoppers are so big. <laughs> They're as big as a honey eater. Like that, I saw a I saw a um, a wattle bird. It's probably an adolescent wattle bird trying to tackle one of those dirty, great big racehorse grasshoppers. And I reckon it had to beat the thing about for half an hour to kill it. But because they those grasshoppers have wings, so they fly. Um, and there's really nothing you can do apart from try and catch them with a butterfly net mm-hmm. um, and then you can call the magpies down. The magpies will come and eat them because, you know, I do the, you know, the magpie mm-hmm. whispering mm-hmm. row. <laughs> um, or you can uh, put them in the fridge and use them as bait when you go fishing or you get your secateurs and you cut their head off, oh. which is what I do. I them in the deep fryer? You'd be able to eat them. Mm. Oh, they'd be meaty. Deep fried, delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing ideas out there, trying to contribute, help out here. Bit of soya sauce on it. Not just answer the phones. That'd be lovely. Uh, Back to the phones now. Speaking of 1300 222 720, if you've got a question for Sab, Ruth has been waiting patiently in Kareen. Good morning, Ruth. Hi, how are you both? You're good. Good, good. Um, I planted um, very excitedly six acacia limelight trees, the standard trees oh, around yeah. my pool. The weeping standards, and, um, yeah. Thinking they'd be low maintenance, yep. which I think I was misinformed. Um, <laughs> and they were planted in October and no, most of them have just shriveled up oh. into brown sticks. Oh. Um, 
The water level's fine. I've been testing that. They're getting enough moisture. I've treated them for mealybugs. Someone mm. else told me that might have been the issue. And I'm just devastated. Is there any coming back from this? I've done a little scratch test. Yeah, There's a little there bit green? of green underneath. Okay. A little bit. So All I'm right. thinking, is it salvageable? What can I do? May well be, but uh, it's a shame it's going to be hot as hell next week. Okay, <laughs> I know, Ruth. Right? Now, what you must do is you've got to prune 50% off the top of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're going to uh, spray it, drench the soil with a seaweed solution. Mm-hmm. Don't use the most popular one because it's very alkaline and you're in Kareem. Okay. Okay. So that one starting with S, not to use? Yes, that's right. Okay. So if you go to, not to uh, a um, hardware store, but you go to a <laughs> nursery, nursery. Mm-hmm. they have an alternative for. Uh, if you go and say you want a seaweed solution for alkaline soils, they'll give you the one. Um, okay. Now, what I would do is if the big problem with those the that acacia limelight is it gets hammered by mealybug. Um, yeah. And you've did you use an oil spray or did you use a uh, what did you use? Oh, it was um, it was in a syringe. Um, and I don't know much else about it. My husband did it. Okay, all right. And it was um, made it so it was dripping. That's all I know. Okay, all righties. Um, so what I would do is go and get yourself the sunscreen for plants, which is a shield against drought. That's mm-hmm. a hint. Um, okay. And, <laughs> and spray. So cut the foliage off by 50%. Put that stuff on, drench the soil with a, the seaweed solution and then um, keep the water up and then you just got to hope for the best. Don't fertilise okay. them, Ruth, because it'll send no them fertilizer. into a downward spin. Okay. And mm. if they do come back, how long might I be waiting for this? Um, I'm just not sure. Obviously, I wouldn't replant in any time soon. No, no, no. But they, how long with, might it take for them to turn back? So within two weeks, you should see new growth. Okay. Mm. Excellent. Oh, let's give it a go. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope they survive because it's expensive buying standards. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. It's my big investment and yeah. I'm pretty sad. Every time yeah. I see them, I'm a little bit sadder. Aww. But I'll try this. Anyway, Thank try that, advice. Ruth. Try that. Will do. Lovely. Thank you both. Thank you. Good on you, Ruth. Thank you very much um, for giving us a call. Of course, if you come in on the end of something and don't quite get all the instructions or like Ruth, I can tell, is frantically writing down um, Sabrina's advice as you go, just a reminder that you can go back on the website, on the ABC Perth website, and listen back to Roots and Shoots. And, of course, we do have our podcast, which if you're listening to ABC Perth, Sharon Greenock gave us a great explanation of how you download podcasts if you haven't done that before. Um, so both of those options, so whether it was instructions that Sab gave you personally or for someone else that you want to listen back to, they're the best ways to do that. Um, and on the podcast you can find episodes going way back. Way that you can back. Listen in to... Um, all what? my best song picks. All Sabrina's <laughs> best song picks, of of course. Why else would you listen? Grant in Mile Up. Good morning to you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello, Grant. How Hello. are you? Oh, fantastic. We're just uh, on the road today driving from Bunbury to Perth. So coming up to have a look at some uh, mature trees. Oh, exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. And I wanted your opinion on whether I should be patient and get a medium-sized mature tree or just lash out and get a large one because I'm trying to convince the Minister of Finance that I should just get the big one and have it, have it there already. Well, it depends what it is, Grant. What What's the tree? I'm looking at the eucalyptus victrus. Yeah, yeah. The, yep. the yep. snow gum. The snow, snow gum, yep. Would they be all right down my... Down my way, down south with yeah. the weather. Yeah, that, right? yeah, absolutely. As long as you don't get frost. No, nah, we don't. We're, we're still on the coast. Yeah, on the coast. Yeah. Now, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with the Minister of Finance on this one, Grant. Ah. Beca- <laughs> because, because with eucalypts, they develop that taproot pretty quickly. Now, when I was doing horticulture, we actually did a controlled study on mature eucalypts, eucalypts that were in um, uh, tube stock and eucalypts that were in 130 mil pot. So yep. the, the, tr- the, one, the ones that were in the 130 mil pot were exactly the same size as the ones that we had in 75 litre bag. They were the same size within a year and a half and in actual fact healthier. All right. The tube stock okay. one went gangbusters, was the same height within three years. So I, I, look, I definitely wouldn't go above a 45 litre for eucalypts. The smaller, the better. Okay, excellent. Now, with that no money numbers. that you've saved, Grant, <laughs> <laughs> you can then spend it on something festive. Okay, I thought you were going to say spend it on her. I was going to say she's pretty spoiled as it is. No, no, you wait. See, what you can do, you can say, oh, when I got to the tree nursery, they didn't have any of the big ones and I could only buy the smaller <laughs> ones. Uh, and so I bought extra plants with the leftover money. That's a good idea. I yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Grant. Travel safe. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Brian. No worries. Um, Sabrina, a text here. It was possibly Binu Primary School. Bill Hemville uh, donated yes, seedlings yes, of yes, the pine. Yes, yes, it was. Yep, it was. Beautiful. A yep. um, couple of texts quickly. Hi, guys. We have had chilli thrip on our roses for three years now, treated with everything. Should we ditch them or continue treating? Desperate. Okay. And Graham. So, so remember with chilli thrips that they build up a resistance to systemic. Don't use systemic insecticides. Get lots of uh, predatory insects in your garden and we're going to have Dr Bugalugs, Acker, Daryl Hardy, coming in in a few weeks. You're just oh, giving us the heads up now. Giving you the heads up now in case I forget. <laughs> um, so he's going to talk about, you know, the borer that's ripping through, but also um, I'm going to pin him down and make him talk about chilli thrips. The Department of Ag have that are now called, what are they called now? Biosecurity. Yeah, Department of Thingy Thingy Biosecurity. Yep. Anyway, just put in. If you put in Chili Thrips, Department of Agriculture WA, um, they have a really, really great. It's agriculture, primary industries and That's I don't right, know. primary yep. industries and holiday making. Um, <laughs> they've got a really good fact sheet on Chili Thrips. I urge all of our listeners to go to it and have a look. It's really. Um, it's it's a very comprehensive fact sheet. Very good. 
Uh, let's um, – actually, I just want to get this one more text in because it's mm. been sitting there for a little while. Hi, Sabrina. Do you like our parsnip tree? The only way my husband can successfully grow parsnips is from collecting from a plant gone to seed. Nearly six foot now, currently decorated with fairy lights. That's from Catherine in Manjimup. So I guess you just <laughs> need to say, do you like it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So – for people that can't see this, it is actually the seed, it's the top of a parsnip plant and, of course, it's got those beautiful umble seed heads on them and it is, it's so big that you could actually put fairy lights, which is what <laughs> they've done. It's hilarious. Now, I agree, Catherine, with with any of those, with parsnips, carrots, fennel, all those sort of umble, the, the plants that have the little umbrella seed heads on them, the best way to grow them is from seed. So, and the other thing is the um, little bees, the native bees love the flower heads on those. So... Now, with parsnips, it can take up to two years for a seed to germinate. Oh, wow. And people sort of think, oh, that's it. That's done. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it, Catherine. That is awesome. And champ, you've got a champion husband there. Good stuff. All right, let's go to Kylie. Kylie has sent us um, a photo to go with hers as well. And um, I believe you'd given her some v- advice about this previously, and it's a bit of an update as well as a please can ah, you yes. continue yes. to help me. Good morning, Kylie. Good morning, Sabrina and Ray. Thanks for taking my call so um, late in the show. It's okay. our pleasure. So you've got a Hibertia scandens. Um, yeah, 12, month, 12 months ago we planted it under yeah. your recommendation. Yeah. And I can remember we had a big black uh, grey and white cat stretched out. In the, yeah, uh, that's in right. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, my yeah. God, how big is she? <laughs> anyway. This is the update, the status of the plant. Um, Now, part of it, they're doing really, really well, as you can see, but a couple others are not. We're wondering with the really hot weather, should we be having the shade cloth over them during the day? Because in the mornings, they get the sun on the other side of the fence, which is penetrating through. And then in the afternoon, you know, they've got the sun on them all day. Um, By putting shade cloth, does that create extra steam and heat for them? Or should you just let the plants survive the these hot conditions that we're going through and um, just monitor them and or even spray them with a bit of water during the day? Or if you, if you what, spray them with water during the day, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's going to help enormously, Kylie. The, mm-hmm. So the other thing is you've got the, the, the heat that's been generated by the fence and mm. that's, that mm. really is the main problem. So if you could right. put shade cloth there that would really really help just to get them through this summer and then from Mm. by next summer they'll be fine because they will Mm. have created enough shade on the fence that that it's not going to affect them but if you can get shade cloth along that fence line that would make a huge difference because there is one photo i've sent through that you might be able to see a bit of shade cloth that um which have got couple in some pots as well so yeah at the end of the fence so okay that's that's great because we just want to want to but create too much, even more heat. So Yeah, that's um, right. No, no, it's not going to create any more heat. Good on you, so. Kylie. Thank you. We've just managed to sneak you in ahead of the news. Um, one text I did want to sneak into, mm. Mandy and Tapping, this is on your music choice, ah. usually prefer the dance stuff, but the lovely mellowness went well with my brekkie smoothie and Harry the Greyhound seemed to enjoy it with his wheat bix See, <laughs> dogs love, love that Scandinavian music. <laughs> oh, thank you all for your contributions this morning. We had, I really apologise, we had a whole 
whole lot of text we had no chance of, of getting to throughout the show. But please bear with us. Come back next week or Sab's on at midnight at some point and one day during the week and there's plenty of opportunities to talk to, talk to her. Um, but we'll try and get to them uh, some more next week. Thank you for your company. Have a great Saturday. Stay safe. Speak to you next week. This is an ABC podcast.